The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com. This is Barron's Live. Each weekday, we bring you live conversations from our newsrooms about what's moving the market right now. On this podcast, we take you inside those conversations, the stories, the ideas, and the stocks to watch so you can invest smarter. Now, let's dial in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a special Investor's Business Daily installment of Barron's Live. I'm Ali Corum, Multimedia Content Editor, and joining me this month, we have Chris Gessel, IBD's Chief Content Officer. Chris, welcome back to Barron's Live. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah, we're, we're here to wrap up the year, at least uh, from the IBD perspective. We do this once a month, so this is our last episode of Barron's Live for the year. And today we want to talk about active investor strategies to beat the market in 2023. You know, this year we've seen a lot of twists and turns in the market to say the least. Uh, but, you know, savvy investors, I feel like have been able to take all of that and turn those challenges into opportunities, right? Like the that uh, the oyster, you got this the sand. We're we're becoming pearls right now, right, Chris? Uh, so many so many lessons uh, from this year uh, to help us become better investors in 2023. So we have a couple of things that we're going to discuss today. We're going to talk about uh, the market, how the market can help you become a better investor. Tips for portfolio exposure, also buy rules, sell rules and setting up a watch list, all with the goal of that outperformance. So Chris, let's start with the market, which is, that's where we always start. And why is that? Well, because the market governs basically everything uh, uh, over your portfolio, and you really want to be on the right side of the market. Uh, this year, you know, basically the S&P peaked on the 3rd of January, and it's been trending lower uh, ever since. And, uh, you know, breaking through, um, you know, support today, coming through the 50 day. So again, you know, we had a, a kind of a choppy rally off the bottom in October uh, and we hit uh, resistance at the 200 day also corresponds with a downtrend line coming off the tops of uh, uh, since the peak in January. So this is, you know, just a, another example of even when it seems like things might be turning around, this we're still in a bear market. We have not, you know, broken above that that 200 day. We're not really seeing stocks breaking out and going on uh, uh, major runs of any sort. So it's still a time to be very defensive. Exactly. Yeah. So looking underneath us surface as well. How are individual stocks acting in addition to taking a step back and looking at the broad market? So you know, we are analyzing the technical action of the major indexes each and every day, looking at key resistance levels, as you mentioned, whether it's uh, a bar here or a moving average or a trend line, and really taking a step back and putting that into the broader context, right, Chris? Uh, just talk about the, the importance of that, because because you know, ultimately, I feel like it's it also connects to what history tells us as well. Well, I mean, first you want to see what the market is doing. Then you want to see what your stocks are doing or the stocks that you're watching are doing. 
and then of course you got to say okay well what's what's happening in the news and and of course the biggest thing uh with the market right now is inflation and the feds fight against it and uh jerome powell since his speech in uh wyoming i guess that was back in in uh, uh september uh mm -hmm. or late august uh you know, he's been pretty clear that he does not want a replay of the 1970s where uh, we were stuck, you know, in an inflationary spiral um, and uh, that, the, you know, the Fed would kind of get control and then they'd lighten up, uh, not wanting to, to crush the economy. Uh, so, and the, and the market has been reluctant to hear that because I think there, some of these rallies have surprised me uh, and because the Fed's been pretty clear that they want to crush inflation. Now they say, maybe we can do it without creating a, you know, a major recession. They can, you know, they're hoping for a soft landing. Uh, but uh, they've also said, yeah, and I think there was one uh, uh, Fed uh, guy a couple of weeks ago said the market was too dovish and, and, just saying, you know, everyone is too bullish right now and uh, that they've got other plans for the market. <laughs> yeah. So looking at, yeah, looking at those other clues is very important. And so when we're in a downtrend, when we're in a bear mm -hmm. market, even though we've had these uh, choppy rallies uh, along the way, these bear market rallies, knowing where we are in the market trend has a huge impact on our portfolio exposure. So that's sort of step two, where are we in the market? And then how should we be positioned given that current environment? Yeah. And, you know, where we are right now, I would say your exposure should be very low or even zero. Uh, I mean, the, the, this week has been a dramatic reversal and, you know, the market may get a bounce uh, because it is starting to get oversold, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to uh, make it all the way back to the 200 day and then break through and, you know, uh, keep running because at least we're, we're not in a position yet where we think that uh, inflation is broken. But, um, I, you know, I, I would say exposure should be low right now. And... Uh, and if you are making trades on the long side, you know, you've got to uh, take the profits when you got them, because as we've seen, not, this is, you, you can't use bull market rules in a bear market. Yes. You really need to, to um, if you're going to dash in, take those profits and dash out. Yeah. Uh, and that's been made abundantly clear with how many breakouts we've seen failing. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so we'll get to virals here a little bit more in a second, but just also more context uh, regarding portfolio exposure, maybe uh, for those out there who are, are still wanting to refine that part mm -hmm. of their trading. So when conditions are great, that's it seems obvious, but that's when we yeah. want to have that more aggressive exposure. Uh, so even though we've seen the market rallying since October, it still really hasn't been an environment conducive to having a lot of exposure. And like uh, you said, really uh, pulling that back in uh, this week. 
Um, so when we do have markets that are uh, struggling, that's when you really want to be raising cash. And so that ties back to that outperformance piece, right? Is uh, you, you want to be focused on cash uh, because even if you're, you're flat, that's going to be outperforming a down market. Well, that's uh, essentially what we've been doing on Swing Trader, our short-term trading um, service. And we've had fairly low exposure. We've taken, you know, trades as, as they've presented themselves, but essentially we're flat, well, maybe a little up on the year. Um, and, uh, and, and so our outperformance has been created. We've gone sideways and the market's gone down and, uh, and been very careful about not getting too exposed. And when we do have some trades on taking profits into strength and not waiting around to see what might happen next. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, protecting your capital, right? Mm -hmm. Preserving your capital in uh, this environment, because we know from history, tying it back to the market a little bit, there are uh, periods in the market after you have a, a bear that really you have the wind at your back. It's easier to make money. It doesn't feel like this, uh, you know, quote unquote, hard penny environment. You know, Mark Mindervini, um, a growth investor that we uh, work with, he's uh, talked about that. So knowing what environment you're in really has an impact on your portfolio exposure. Um, and then the next step is really what you're talking about, Chris, and uh, knowing the kind of market environment you're in also has an impact on your entries, you know, the buy rules that mm -hmm. you're using as well. So if breakouts aren't working, well, uh, what type of buy rules should we be using? Well, uh, then you got to look for reversals. Uh, when stocks are pulling back to moving averages like the 50 day, maybe the 21 day, or if they're in a base, if you can find uh, a good, trend line within that base where if it breaks above that, that, that uh, you know, represents an early entry. And really since I, I would say um, maybe the first quarter of 2021, this has been the really the only way to make headway in the market is getting in early, taking your profits and, uh, and then, you know, uh, stepping out when the, when the stock starts to show weakness. Mm -hmm. And that I feel like naturally leads us to those sell rules. Cause like you said, taking those profits into strength, mm -hmm. really not saying staying, uh, over overdue in any trade. Right. Um, and, and that's, you know, the market feedback that a lot of us active investors have been getting this year. I feel like. Yeah. I mean, what, uh, what we do with swing trader is, uh, you know, when we're up three to 5% on a stock, we'll take the first profit, usually a third of it. And then let's say it gets to five or 8%, then we'll take the second third. And then we've got different, um, you know, technical indicators, usually on an, what it comes down to on an intraday chart, maybe a 30 minute or 60 minute chart. If the stock starts breaking recent support, then we'll exit the, uh, the position. And that's worked very well uh, on the, you know, the modest, number of trades that we've done this year uh, we haven't made big gains but but and, and really what it's about is we're not sure when the market is going to turn but we want to be there and when when you know once we get back into a strong uptrend 
we don't want to be waiting, you know, weeks and months to then like, oh, okay, now now it's time to go. Uh, we want to be there as it's happening and really uh, add outperformance uh, as the market is emerging. Yeah. And so we also, th those sell rules on the upside, but also on the downside, that's another area to discuss, right? Is uh, mm -hmm. since the overall trend has been down and a lot of trades haven't been working, you know, hold and hope is is not uh, yeah. the strategy. Cutting your losses and making sure you don't get too hurt is uh, something that we've also really been harping on and for good reason. Yeah, I mean, you know, every, anytime you enter trade, you should know exactly where you want to exit. And, uh, you know, whether it's a, you know, a recent low, a moving average, and you don't necessarily have to, to sell all of it once it, you know, touches that, that um, at least mental stop, maybe you take off a little bit, but if uh, later in the session or near the close, it's still not showing any strength, you, you've got to cut it and move on. Uh, like you said, holding hope has been a devastating uh, strategy this year. Yeah, it, it really has. And I guess we also can't talk about buy and sell rules with, uh, without also just uh, touching a little bit more on uh, the short side because that has been mm -hmm. one area uh, that has worked this year outside of you know commodities and uh, you know oil and gas for a, a good chunk of the year not so much anymore uh, but it's like either energy mm -hmm. or short those not have, lately. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah those have been sort of the two themes this year so maybe Chris could you quickly uh, touch on shorting Well, you know, shorting is uh, a little, you know, a little more dicey um, in part because sometimes you might see a stock that looks like it's setting up uh, great and there just aren't shares to short. That's, that uh, is always a problem. Um, the other thing is uh, they can be very volatile where you might get some, um, uh, some nice gains on your short, and then all of a sudden the stock starts to rally. So again, uh, like you know, with the with the long swing trades, you should probably be taking some profits when you get them, and then maybe let a third or a half run, but uh, don't don't let it round trip and uh, go back and, and turn that trade negative. And and the the thing that you want to be looking at is stocks that are starting to break down. So they're um, the uh, the 200 day is flat or maybe starting to roll over and the, the stock rallies up to that line or maybe it's the 50 day and it's rallying up in weak volume and then and then it reverses in heavier volume. So uh, right now there aren't really classic short setups because everything is so far below yeah. uh, their moving averages. Uh, I think it's... Uh, probably easier and you don't, there, there's another risk with shorting. Once these stocks get so mm -hmm. uh, low and, and, and damaged, lost, you know, some of them are down like 50, 60, 70%, they could be uh, buyouts. And so you don't want to be short on a stock that then gets a, an offer uh, to be bought out and it jumps up 10 or 15% in a single day. So I, I guess that leap, that's why I'm more focused on, on shorting the market. So when the market 
rallies, starts running out of steam, it's oversold, looking at indicators like stochastics or RSI. Then I'm looking on an intraday chart to kind of pinpoint an entry and then uh, you know, short it there. And as it comes down and gets oversold, then I'll start looking for uh, uh, areas to buy and just uh, going you know, back and forth like that with the, with the market indexes. And it's easy to do uh, with ETFs. I can do um, mm -hmm. QQQ on the upside, SPY on the upside. Uh, on the downside, there's QID, uh, SQQQ. I'm not sure. Maybe it's um, on the downside. SH, uh, inverse of the S&P. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, all those, they're, it, it's very easy to short the market using ETFs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, thinking short term, looking at uh, support and resistance levels, and, and again, not overstaying, you're welcome. And I'm seeing a question here, Chris, from John, mm -hmm. uh, wanting some clarification on exposure as it relates to overall market conditions. If we're talking about having a, a healthy cash position now at this juncture, I feel like that uh, almost assumes that uh, active investors out there have been following along uh, this whole year uh, and seeing when th the market really started rolling over, as you said, at, at the beginning of the year mm -hmm. and seeing when those conditions first started to change after the super strong market that we saw in uh, 2020 and 2021 and not waiting for all of this weakness to then finally throw in the towel. Oh, definitely. I mean, Back in, um, in, in January and early February, we were, you know, in, in our products, we were uh, raising cash quickly. Um, and because we saw this super steep drop in the market, undercutting the 50-day, uh, mm -hmm. a really quick uh, break of the 200-day. That was a, a big character change. You know, if, if you go on over to the weekly chart, uh, you know, you can see right in here, those first couple of weeks in January, definitely uh, marking a, a pretty notable character change, in addition to yeah. the, the macro environment changing. Of course. And, and you know, <laughs> this was one of the, uh, I, well, I'll, I'll just say personally, I've back in uh, January 2021, I was feeling like, okay, we were starting to see signs of inflation. There's lots of spending going on. The, the economy was, was fine. This is not a good sign. And, uh, you know, I shared this before. I mean, that's why I lived through, a, you know, the prior downtrend in Los Angeles real estate. And I said, nope, I'm not going to do it because I know where this is going. The, the economy is, you know, it's you're, you're throwing money at a, at a economy that's doing fine. We're starting to see inflation rise. That's only going to end badly. So, uh, you know, personally sold my house, got out of time, out of Dodge or L.A. And <laughs> uh, uh, and so it wasn't a surprise uh, to me that the market, you know, really ran into trouble because the, the Fed had said in uh, November of 2021 that um, inflation was no longer transitory and they were, you know, signaling that they were going to start uh, raising interest rates. Um, seems like maybe they should have started earlier rather than waiting till March. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, it was not surprising that the market ran into trouble. And at that point, you you know, when you start losing these moving averages, uh, it's a time to raise cash. 
Now, what I think where it was a challenge for people is then, well, we got back up, up over the 200 day and then, then we sold off again. And then we had this uh, rally in, in March, but really after that one, it's been pretty clear that um, uh, the, the bear market had, had arrived and it was time to keep your exposure low. Uh, in fact, you know, IBD, we're going to move to, um, instead of just saying the market's in an uptrend, we're in a correction or rallies under pressure, we, uh, you know, we're, it's more of a technical issue now, but, but we want to be very clear what we think our, your exposure level should be. So in a market like this right now, maybe zero to 20%, 20 to 40% um, if you're doing well. Uh, And I would say for most of this year, I don't think we would ever have said, you know, to be more above 60%. uh, And that's only in these rallies as they're working. And then as soon as they start showing signs of weakness, uh, we would ratchet that exposure level down. Yeah, so more of a progressive exposure model, not an all or nothing, exactly. you know, going from fully to cash. Okay, we have a, a follow through day, which if those of you who aren't familiar, a follow through day uh, can come early on in a rally and be a signal that there could be more upside to go. Not every uh, follow through day results in a strong lasting rally, but every strong lasting rally does begin with a follow through day. But that's more of like a dip your toe in the water moment. Not yeah, a, exactly. It's off to the races moment. And and you know the other thing too is you don't have to play the bounces and and you know ups and downs in the market. There's nothing wrong with just stepping to the side and yeah. being in cash right now and waiting until you see that that uh, that strong game because you might you know lose a little uh, off the bottom, but you're going to probably be in a good position not having gotten hurt uh, in the bear. And quite honestly, there will be so many uh, opportunities in the next bull. You'll you'll do fabulous. It's just a. I think it's a, it's important for people to stay engaged during bear markets because the ensuing bull market, you, especially the first year, that is where you can make a ton of money. Uh, there are many new leaders breaking out. A lot of times, stocks that no one's heard of before. And uh, it's just a fantastic time to be uh, aggressive in the market. The problem is a lot of people, when the market, you know, is in a downtrend, it's been tough, they kind of throw up their hands and then turn their back on the market. And what happens is they might not get in until six months or a year after the market has uh, started to rally. They'll do Mm -hmm. okay. But a lot of the, uh, the big winners have already uh, broken out and are in their runs already. So that's why really the, you know, the kind of the change in a lot of investors where they go from being, you know, okay to really being on top of the market is because they stuck with it during the bear market. They don't have to be necessarily investing, but they need to be you know, building watch lists and like, okay, well, if if this market turned tomorrow, what stocks would I buy? And, you know, you should always have uh, a watch list of those stocks that could, could lead the next time around. And you want to be looking for companies that despite everything that's going on, that they have uh, good earnings and sales, or at least estimates for good earnings and sales. And, uh, and that their relative strength lines are doing pretty well. And that shows you how they're 
performing versus uh, uh, the rest of the market. And uh, Chris, that is a mm -hmm. fantastic segue to our <laughs> next se section where we want to be talking about watch lists. Uh, so for those who out there, that's maybe a little newer to them or mm -hmm. uh, they want more guidance on that. Uh, let's dig in a little bit deeper into that. You talked about uh, strong earnings growth or, or at the very least strong estimates. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's quantify that a little bit. Well, uh, I run screens and I'm really looking for stocks that um, have at a minimum 30% um, estimates uh, for 2023, preferably you know 50% or higher. And uh, I want to see them above their 200-day lines. Um, maybe they're making bases. Uh, and uh, it's been kind of interesting because uh, I, you know, I run the screen at least once a week. And especially during the summer, a lot of names, maybe not a lot of names, some names <laughs> were popping up that I hadn't really heard of before. And it's like, that's that was kind of getting me excited that, okay, this is now starting to feel like maybe we're near a bottom. The action of this week, maybe not so much. But uh, <laughs> the fact is the screens, if, if you're, you know, uh, and, and you know, if you have access to MarketSmith, you can build your own screens. With IBD, we've got um, lists of stocks like mm -hmm. the IBD 50, the Big Cap 20, uh, and a lot of reporting leaders. that is yeah, based course. on, you know, finding those hidden gems in the screens. Exactly. So there's a lot of ways to come up with these stocks, but, uh, and, and we talk about them on IBD Live all the time as well. So uh, definitely uh, it's kind of part and parcel of what we do day in and day out. That it is. And we have a question from Fred in our audience. And mm -hmm. uh, he's saying that he finds that upcoming news tends to keep him out of the market at times when he should be in. Uh, so as IBD uh, and Barron's are news organizations, how do you factor news into your active trading decisions? And I feel like, Chris, it's a, there's a fine balance, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so how do you yeah. approach that? Well, <coughs> excuse me. Right now, of where we are in the market, we're in a downtrend, and so, <clears throat> um, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Yeah, here. While Chris takes a sip of water, I will just uh, speak from, from my <laughs> perspective. We are looking, you know, Fed rate hike decisions, mm -hmm. CPI numbers coming out, all of these right. landmines. It seems like that we've been uh, faced with uh, that do uh, pose risks to investors. <clears throat> so it seems like. Uh, when, whenever we see that tide really start to meaningfully turn and maybe we get uh, some negative news and the market really shrugs it off, kind of like we did at the, the most recent low. But if we continue to see that uh, in combination with um, you know, not relying too much on the news itself, but more of the reaction and then where we are from a technical perspective, that's really key. Yeah, when you're in an uptrend, news events don't really make that big a deal. I mean, because the market is moving higher and, and uh, but when you're in a downtrend or a sideways market and the market is unsure, that's when news can really hit you hard. And so I understand that. And that's why it makes it, you know, if, 
if if you feel uncomfortable um, facing those new news events each morning, you know whether it's the CPI uh, report or uh, uh, Powell's you know uh, latest speech. That's that's a there's nothing wrong with stepping aside and you you know you still need to be engaged. You don't need necessarily to be invested, uh, but that also tells you when you're worried about news events. That's uh, you know a confirmation that we're not any good market. Absolutely, and Neil is asking for some clarification. He's like, "So are you saying okay. now is a good time?" Is now a good time to get out of the market completely and wait until there are signs of a bull market. So say investors out there, they've been writing this out. They have, you know, their retirement accounts and you know they've been fully invested or, or maybe they have been buying individual stocks, you know, trying to catch uh, the dip on mm-hmm. some of these things and, and suffering losses. How do you go from that to starting to follow more of these market timing and portfolio exposure rules? Well, what I would say is because of where we are, it's not a time to go. If you're you know, still 100% invested, I would not go to 100% cash right now. Um, maybe you go to 50% cash and then each week, uh, depending on the market action, you, you add or subtract 5%. You, at this point, you want to be bending with the market, moving with the market. And if this really turns into a, a, a deep recession and pushes the market lower, you'll be reducing exposure along the way. Um, you know, you can be very aggressive at a top, you know, when the market is topping and first breaking and raising a lot of cash then, and then reducing as things go on. And, and part of it too is your, your stocks are flashing sell signals. They're telling you it's time to get out. Um, you know, now that we're a year into this uh, uh, market, especially the, the NASDAQ, more than a year because the NASDAQ peaked in November of last year, I would not be, if you're still fully invested, I wouldn't go 100% cash right now. I would, you know, start moving uh, in a defensive direction. And who knows, maybe, you know, things start uh, changing, but I would be really moving with the market, whichever way it moves, mm-hmm. and adding and reducing exposure that way. That makes a lot of sense. And now t- uh, to start wrapping things up here, uh, going mm-hmm. uh, back to what we were talking about with watch lists and really looking for those stocks that stand out, not only uh, from a fundamental perspective, but a, a technical perspective as well. Um, mm-hmm. What would you say are some sectors or industry groups to, to focus on? Uh, and I think also a, another point to make there is, that, you know, just because energy worked the first six months of the year doesn't mean it's going to continue to work. Um, We need to be moving with the rotations that we're seeing in the market from from group to group and Mm -hmm. uh, keeping on top of the ones that are showing that strength. Well, what I would say is, you know, right now, uh, see, you know, when you run your screens or or see what's, you know, on the IP50, don't don't say, well, I'm only going to look for stocks in this group. Um, 
something like that. Look for the stocks that are actually showing some uh, some strength, and then if you're seeing other stocks in those same groups or sectors, that's a good sign. Uh, but I would really be focusing on individual stocks rather than uh, looking for um, sectors. What what I will say, if you uh, if we can look at the the market again and just call it uh, U. It's the oil ETF, UOH. Uh, the oil USO. USO, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, take a look at USO. And uh, if we go to a daily, I mean, this, this is a bear market in oil right now. It's, uh, you know, well off its high. Uh, it's underneath the 50-day, the 200-day. If you look at this on a futures chart, um, the 200-day the has been in a downtrend for uh, a while. So I, I would not be looking at energy stocks, even though a lot there's still a lot of stocks that have not broken down. For me, I, I don't want to buy a, a commodity stock when the underlying commodity stock is in a downtrend. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe don't look at them for the long side, but speaking of... Uh, keeping keeping our signal perked for potential shorts, uh, maybe that is what we should be taking a, a look at. I know here's uh, here's EOG, but there was uh, there was another one that I, oh CRK that was the one that um, I was potentially interested in. Mm -hmm. So if you uh, see a weak rally into a moving average that is rolling over and then hits resistance at that level potentially that that might be an opportunity. What do you think, Chris? Oh, I completely agree. The, the thing is, uh, uh, you know, last week when it, it, when it rallied up and it hit resistance at the 200 day, those were days with some real volume. Now, the, the, it reversed and there was high volume. Uh, it hasn't really broken down, but I would, uh, just as you showed there, look for another um, uh, weaker, weaker rally, and we're looking for you know a low volume rally, and uh, maybe the you know it runs into the 200 day again, or the the 50 day gets down, and uh, there are two lines of uh, resistance there. But that's what I would look for in these sorts of companies that have had some of them have been have had big moves, and they've mm -hmm. done you know they're just. Uh, been going sideways for a while, and actually, Bill O'Neill, um, who founded IBD, said, you know, it sometimes takes you know six months or longer after a stock tops mm -hmm. for it to really roll over. So, right, uh, a yeah. lot of these energy stocks are in that position. Right mm -hmm. now. Yeah, so uh, so a fresh trade idea there uh, that the IBD team was mm -hmm. uh, ta talking about uh, internally before we came on the show. Uh, I think a pretty good example. Uh, is is Square had this super strong mm -hmm. move, uh, a late stage base that failed. Um, then you start uh, to see this weak rally and then uh, hit resistance at a 10 week line that start, was starting to roll over. Right. That's that's kind of a classic way of how big leaders top. They bounce around for a while and then they roll over. Now, where yeah, uh, when it first uh, really took out the 200-day and that 200-day was starting to to trend lower, that was a, that would have been a great place to mm -hmm. um, 
get in. And it's those, if you, if you really nail a short uh, position like that and you get, you know, a profit, you could leave a part of that um, initial mm -hmm. buy, you know, short and just take it down until it retakes the 10 week uh, moving average as it did with that big blue spike. Uh, but then that also offered another en entry a couple of weeks later. So um, I think the easy shorts on the big names that led in 2020 are uh, well past. Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be looking to short these right now, but if we look at some of the oil stocks, maybe their gains weren't mm -hmm. quite as big, but they had uh, in, in 20, um, late 2020, 2021, and early into this year, big moves that mm -hmm. like, look very similar and now they're starting to, to roll over. Exactly. So yeah, look for things with this sort of look to it uh, might be mm -hmm. a good place to start. And it seems like maybe we're starting to see some of that in the energy sector. All right. So uh, to recap, if you want to outperform the market in 2023, need to stay in step with overall market conditions. If we're in a, a strong market, that is the time to be adding exposure. If we're in a weak market, you really wanna be reducing exposure, uh, especially if you do have a uh, concentrated portfolio, you definitely don't wanna be down more than, than what the market is down, right? Uh, mm -hmm. But so as active investors, that um, market analysis and uh, portfolio management are two huge pieces. And then you have, uh, talk to us a little bit more about being selective with uh, stocks uh, on our watch list. And then those buy rules and sell rules. Those are, those are the other critical ingredients. Sure. Well, why don't we show a couple of stocks that have kind of caught my attention? Uh, probably the, the one that's acting the best right now is four, uh, which is shift for payments. And again, this is a, a company I had really never heard of. And back in, I probably was in September or August running a, a screen and look at those estimates, 200% uh, this year and 50% next year, even though they've been uh, uh, downgraded lately. Uh, this, this stock tried to break out and then it pulled back. Um, but what's interesting is look how it's doing today when the market is, uh, you know, Bleeding. Not doing well. <laughs> and, and even this whole week where it basically is, you know, uh, more or less unchanged for the week. So that's really great relative strength. And you see that RS line, you know, just pointing uh, upwards here. So um, it's when you, you know, when you're running your screens, when you're looking at stocks and you see something that has not only good numbers lately, but the numbers are still expected to, to be good uh, next year, and it's showing good action in a very tough market. Something like this should uh, go on your watch list. Well, Chris, I know we could go on all day. This is what we love to do, uh, is, is talk stocks, talk, talk about the market <laughs> and uh, buy and sell rules, but we'll have to cap it there. Uh, we hope that you all found this to be very valuable and hope you hope you enjoyed it hope you have a very profitable 2023 ibd live will continue to do monthly barons live episodes and we're really looking forward to it 
So this is all the time that we have. Make sure to join Barron's Live again on Monday, where Barron's Senior Managing Editor Lauren R. Rublin and Senior Reporter Nick Jasinski are going to discuss the outlook for financial markets, industries, sectors, and individual stocks with uh, Dr. Ed Yardini, Chris, uh, president of Yardini Research. Yeah. So uh, that'll be a great one to tune into. So thank you so much for listening and watching, everyone. We hope you have a great day. The energy transition is a long and winding road, and it needs to be taken step by step. Learn more at SiemensEnergy.com.